Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Sound.Wave, the first podcast to reach planet Earth from Cybertron. I'm Nell, I'm great at Transformers. And I'm Greg, and I suck at Transformers. This week we'll be discussing issues 17, 18, and 19 of Robots in Disguise. This week, we have... Yeah, uh, we got this shockwave. Right. It's a guy who, if we'll remember, um, they were like, wait a minute, I think somebody's missing. Oh, shit, we're a shockwave. Right. And we're going to find out. What's his name? Shokwave? <laughs> Only in the where, French Where'd version. that Shokwave guy go? Uh, this is where he went. Yes. So we see him. Sorry. Oh, here. <laughs> I know. It took me a second. I was like, oh, my gosh. So, yes, we see Shockwave and Dreadwing. Soaring away from Iacon. Right. And if we'll recall where we left off on Iacon, obviously we've just had the um, the sort of riots and then we had Megatron take over. He had a slam and new body. Mm-hmm. Um, they and, and at the very end of it all, Starscream kind of denounced factions. Um, yeah. He, they got... He, well, Metal, he murdered Metalhawk. Yes, Starscream murdered Metalhawk, but made it look like it was just an instance he of... He got killed in the battle. Yes. Uh, and then he rose to prominence and said, look what happened to Metalhawk. I should be the leader. Uh, yes. And we'll kick out all bo- everyone in both sides, the Autobots and the Decepticons. Absolutely. So that's, that's what he did. And... Um, so now we're kind of going to get to see what's happening with the people who weren't auto, like in, immediately involved in that. People who were off-world. And, off-world. Uh, on-world, but also not exactly super involved. <laughs> right. Um, sandwiched between there, we will get the continuation of that. But for now, we're kind of seeing where Shockwave went while uh, all of that was going on. And exciting for me, this very first panel is, I think, the first time I've ever seen Shockwave's alt mode. I had no yeah. idea he was a flyer. So there you go. In this, yes, this is what he turns into. He is a flyer. You can kind of still see the remnants of like his gun because back in the 80s, his original toy, he does turn into like a, a sci-fi kind of futury gun. Sure. Um, so you can you can still see the remnants of it. But yeah, here he is in all of his purple glory. And he's, flying he's, along with Dreadwing. He's explaining what's happening along to Dreadwing here. And he's like, uh, Dreadwing's like, why are we going away? This is our greatest victory. And he's like, shut up. Obviously, Megatron's going to screw everything up. And I have something even better going on. Yes. And he even name drops. Right. There is always robots in disguise. <laughs> Sweet name drop, Soundwave. Uh, he says there's always more than me the guy. But that's the other book. Come on, that's Soundwave. The, he's just Shot trying to help wave. his friends out. Mr. Wave. Uh, uh, Mr. Wave has the floor. So, excuse me, Mr. Wave? Are you, are you busy at the moment? And it turns out he's eh, sort of, but we find where they've gone now, and it is Crystal City, which, as we'll all recall, should be in ruins. Yeah, there shouldn't be a Crystal City. Right, because this is where the Metro Titan was, and where the Metro Titan blew up. Right. Uh, but it looks great. It looks, yeah, pretty good. I mean, a little a little messed up, but as far as we saw it before, this is just as good as it was. Uh, and so immediately he's like, well, what should I do? I know I'll shoot Dreadwing through the chest. 
Yes. Dreadwing says shockwave because, of course, he's seen Crystal City. He's like, how is this still here? How, like, how is this even possible? And Shockwave's like, well, I'm about to find out. Uh, and yeah, yeah. shoots Dreadwing. Blast him through the middle there, which, to be fair, happens to dudes all the time. Yes, we've seen uh, bots pretty much bounce back from this, but that's, he, yeah, he blasts this guy. We um, see him smoldering and sort of, you know, uh, on fire in the background there. Yes, and Shockwave, as he narrates this, keeps, um, and the, the book is called Shockwaves, so we know we're going to get a bit of history here. We're going to learn a little bit about even more than we already now know because as readers of robots in disguise and more than meets the eye Mm -hmm. we already know you know shockwaves the more surprising experience possible yes we are absolutely on the cutting edge of transformers history Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely so he you know he's as he's telling this as he's narrating this he even says here like i was not myself yet he is obviously of two different minds uh, between the person that he was and the person he is now, um, which we know because of shadow play. Like we, we already know how all of this works. Right. Um, but then it does flash back to the past and we see, oh, pretty little shockwave before he was a senator even. Right. Uh, He's just a, a, a lowly intern at the <laughs> robot White House. Yes, he is uh, Jaxus's student, of course, because we hear that uh, roughly every five minutes in these books. Sure. And we, at this point that we find him now, he is kind of kneeling and looking in a hatch somewhere in the city while people around him are all staring up in awe at whatever's happening. And we know that it's because Jaxus is like, hey, stop doing whatever you're doing. Come look at this. This is great. Uh, my, my kid is running around. And we know that it is Monstructor. <laughs> sure. Is the gestalt. Uh, yes, the gestalt monstructor has just come together. Uh, he is fighting Omega Supreme, as we know happened, and they're kind of crunching Crystal City around them. Right. Uh, and so Starscream is like, oh, okay. Shock- well, right. Why did I say Starscream? Shockwave. Because they're both pretty. Yes, that is very true. They're both very attractive Decepticons. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, Shockwave sees. Uh, monstructor fall and it's right. this revelatory experience because he's like oh Jaxus isn't always right yes this is the moment where he's like wait a minute like it kind of puts a doubt in his mind because he right. obviously Jaxus is this brilliant mind and shockwave has so readily followed him and then he sees he sees the faults in monstructor which we all know is he took these six robots and merged them together and they've all lost their minds so this you know great triumph is his is very deeply flawed and i mean it does have monster in the name it does he did choose to name it that which you know you gotta be careful sometimes about what you name your kid you gotta respect it it's a bold move it i mean sure sure but you also can't blame then the person with the name for kind of living up to it i mean he was never gonna name him friendly structure sure of course uh I guess it would just be friendly, sir. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, so G-Axis is sort of shamed and everybody, because this thing destroys Crystal City, everyone's like, hey, let's get rid of that guy. Uh, right. And, and we... Right. Shockwave oh, is saying, you know, uh, obviously that was a bad idea, but he was a genius. Let's open an institute in his name. Sure. Well, and because, yeah, we've seen this part of the story where we know that they they leave on the arc. Nova, right. NG-Axis, uh, Galvatron, Cyclonus... 
they all leave. Obviously, we know um, Diatlas does not go with them, but he used to be part of their crew. Mm -hmm. He was part of the entourage, and then he was kicked out because he didn't like the idea of Monstructor specifically. So that is why he isn't with them, and obviously Shockwave does not accompany them on the Arc 1. He watches them go. And yes, like you said, he's like, you know what? He was still brilliant. Um, he to respect that. Right. Like he was he does what he is doing for the good of Cybertron. He's still a great mind. Let's open this academy in his name. Uh, and wouldn't you know it? He meets somebody at this academy. Yeah. And it's somebody who uh, has who's been warned by Omega Supreme about uh, shockwave this, this shock gentleman yes this mr wave <laughs> and it's diatlas he's like senator uh, diatlas oh yeah and wait is he a senator that's what it says here uh it says Omega. oh yeah there you go senator diatlas. there you go yeah i clearly <laughs> i missed some things in my read through obviously i'm great at transformers really. there you go let's switch it up um so yes we have diatlas here and Shockwave immediately is like, well, wait, why is why is Omega Supreme telling you this stuff about me? He doesn't know me. Um, and Diatless is like, well, he's just kind of he's he's drawing conclusions based Guilty on what he knows. He's like, yeah, you're GX's greatest student, lest we forget. And so Shockwave, you know, just and he's he does admit he readily admits GX's and the you know this Gestalt. He shouldn't have gone there. And we do know by this point, Shockwave sees what he wants, what he thinks is the biggest problem for Cybertron, but nobody's listening to him. Um, so while his teacher is creating gestalts, Shockwave is seeing other problems. Uh, and so on his way out, Dialis, being very hilariously foreshadowing, says, you should always keep an eye open, Shockwave. Do you wink. Do you guys understand that? You get it. And did you wink? Because that's something that Shockwave can't do anymore or yeah. that he's doing constantly. Um, I mean, in theory, we don't know that any of these guys have eyelids. That's true. I think that it's just, I mean, because you see them move their eyes sometimes. You see, sure. at least in, in uh, More Than Meets the Eye, we see them emote with their A lot their of them can narrow their eyes. Yes, they uh, do it a lot. So I just imagine it's like the, how, like the light, like there's, it's hard to explain. I could draw it for you, though. But I like to they're... imagine that winking is something some of them can do and others can't. Like and the that it's... sound. Exactly. Like Chrome Dome is like, how do I do this? Someone figure it out for me. Yes. So some people are like great at exactly. emoting and making There's sounds. There's one guy whose whole thing is winking. <laughs> Like, and everybody really has rhymes, this guy winks. Yeah, yeah. But everybody's into it. Right. I feel like it'd be a very swerve thing to do. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so as Diatlas is here, he's talking to him. We have uh, Proteus show Senator up. Senator Proteus. Senator Proteus shows up. And we all know this guy. Right. He's the one who, just a quick reminder for everybody, recap, Proteus's promise. He was the one who we know uh, worked with sentinel and with he was working with nominus prime but we know that that was when nominus was killed the this was the events of shadow play right uh, this is proteus yes proteus was the dude who we were very wary of during shadow play who uh, wanted the matrix and was lying to decepticons to register so that so he could have them killed right and was going to blow up a lot of them or blow up a lot of people in the name of decepticons so he's not a fun dude no he's kind of a dick for yeah. sure 
and uh, and here he is where we kind of see the projector guy. Yes, he with shockwave is like, oh, Senator Proteus wants to speak to me, and Senator the and Proteus is like, first let me get this guy out of the way, and he throws the projector <laughs> that turns into a robot, and of course it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll leave, and you realize, and he says, oh, he's disposable class, he's not. Right worth my pity which of course shockwave is not okay with yeah he's like no we're all equal under primus and it's uh, very it's noble it is uh but he says well that's not what a senator would say because we know he's leading up to uh the functionists having a pretty big role in the society yes absolutely absolutely um and I do want to point out how often, and even if you go back into Shadow Play and reread it, you will see how often they talk about how emotional Shockwave is, which yeah. is a kick in the gut when... <laughs> now that we know this guy who's purely logical and... Yeah, they stripped it from him completely. So he goes from being a very emotional, very outspoken, very passionate person to being... Uh, handsome and cold and logical and calculating. Right, a real Greg Mercer type. A real Greg Mercer type. Uh, and so we we see even this insert here. It says the ratioists and the functionalists begin segregating society. Help me figure this out. Is it functionists or functionalists? It is functionists. And the reason I know this is because, and I'm surprised that they didn't fix that because in my older issues, most cases of the term functionalists showing up get changed in the newer ones to functionist. So okay. they must have missed that one. It well, is. I remember seeing it in here a couple times. And I, okay. I remembered hearing that they changed it to functionists. So I was right. confused and surprised. Yes, but that's what it should be. I know it does get confused. Con Confusing, um, because yeah, they were kind of interchanging the words there. But, but whatever yes, it is, it's just that group that thinks alt modes matter. Right. It's a bunch of douchebags, and you don't want to be a functionist. Yeah. Um, and we see some miners. Yeah, we, we know, know some of these miners. Yeah, I recognize that individual there. He's a uh, magmatron. Exactly. Magma, the one in the front Pokemon. of him. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, he he would probably make a good miner being in a yeah. You know, I mean, near he, he shoots fire and stuff. <laughs> um, and then yes, the purple and yellow one in front of him is Impactor, who is primarily in Last Stand of the Records. But we did see him for a moment in the Shadow Play uh, arc. He was the one who gets put in World's Cell with him after oh. Ryan Pax went to visit him. I remember that guy being a jerk. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't see him do it, but yeah, World's like, yeah, he beat the crap out of me. Yep. That in fairness, he's in there because of World. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't see how if this guy was doing everything right, World could have possibly got him in trouble. So how about actually, that? I'm gonna actually step back. He's not in there because of World, but World did beat up his boyfriend Megatron. Well, maybe he had a cousin. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, poor Megatron, and I stand by that. Poor Megatron. Anyway. It's tough being Megatron. That is for sure. That's for sure, for sure. There he goes, little poet. Um, So they're just kind of, you know, they're, uh, it's back to Shockwave and he's with Diatlas and um, they're kind of talking again about what G-Axis was, um, um, oh, Diatlas approaches him again mm. and is more is less, I don't want to say judgy of Shockwave because I don't think he was being judgy of him before, but he was wary of him. He's less wary of him now because he saw the way Shockwave responded to Proteus being a dick to the projector. Right. He's like, you know what? That that was that was pretty solid of you. I appreciate that. Um, 
And they're, they're sort of discussing what they're seeing here is they're saying, well, this this gestalt he thinks can face the the greatest threat to Cybertron. And he says, well, what's the greatest threat to Cybertron? Uh, and Shockwave says, well, no one believes me when I say it. Uh, he's like, well, go ahead. And he's like, it's because we're running out of resources. We don't have. Absolutely. Yeah. Like the fact that we need miners on Luna 2 means we're going to have this crazy Energon crisis. And he starts yes. shouting and uh, Dialis is like, calm down. We're, all right. Right. Cool it. Cool it. Because again, <laughs> he's out. a very, very passionate person. The Shockwave. Exactly. Um, and Shockwave even tells him, he's saying Cybertron is a system. At the core, Vector Sigma is not a mystical power source. It's a natural phenomenon. Mm. It's. It's it, it's there to serve the world as it is. But and as we know, Nova and Tyrest were creating more Cybertronians than the planet was creating. The, so you imagine it's the planet was creating enough Cybertronians that could live on Cybertron right. comfortably. And now like clearly they're making cities. System. Right. And he, you know, he says a lot of Cybertron used to be wilderness. Now it's cities everywhere. We are making more or they made, you know, more Cybertronians and they have to mine resources from their moons and from other planets. And yes, he's like, we're going to have a crisis here. We're going to run out of resources. And people laugh him off because the idea is that Vector Sigma is this. Right. It's perfect and eternal forever and ever. Yeah, it's it's just this miracle power source that's never going to ever let that happen. And Shockwave is very much like, no, we have to figure out something. And so and as far as we know now, because we've read issues prior to this, we know that Shockwave was has ores that he was growing throughout the universe. So right. presumably 13 of them. Yes. Um, and he's he comes up he said he mentions here to diatlas that this idea of generating their own uh sources of energy uh, creating it themselves uh and and diatlas is immediately like be careful because this is starting to sound like geaxa stuff he does say that and you know he's saying um yeah he's saying you also on top of don't be that also watch out for proteus right and dominus like you're a senator, you are close to these people, don't let them catch on, and most importantly, don't become G-Axis. And then we do have him talking about, now it's Shockwave narrating and saying, you know, Nominus and uh, Proteus didn't want things to change. Things needed to, because the planet was in crises. They obviously have uh, the Functionists, and they still have racism regarding whether you were constructed cold or forged. Right. And these guys are doing nothing about it. Uh, it's it's a little like real life where there's such a narrow band of what is acceptable. Yes. Uh, yep. Which isn't great. Uh, but we we'll start talking about primes here. Yes, because Shockwave is, you know, saying these guys aren't going to do anything about it. They don't want it to change. They want things to stay this way because guess who benefits? These guys do. So Shockwave himself, and we know this from Shadowplay, he was kind of scoping out people to kind of, he'll make his own prime. Right. He will find a person who will kind of step up and do the things that he sees needing done. And, and of course, one of those was yes. Ryan Pax. Yes. Uh, who we've run into several times. Yeah, we've seen him in a little bit. Seems like a minor character overall, but... <laughs> um, but he knows. He's saying Orion Pax would definitely be better than Nominus. Um, and 
then of course and now he's just kind of covering the the events that we have read about from shadow play he talks right. about um the uh nominous prime having the attempt on his life and we know it was because the senate and they always talked about in shadow play the senate wanted the matrix they wanted to study its life-giving powers so they essentially got nominous killed mm -hmm. and now we know it was proteus and sentinel who were for sure behind it. They were the ones who got Nominus killed. And then they found out the Matrix was fake, of course. Um, the, the person to become Prime after Nominus is Sentinel. And, but now they all know that the Matrix is fake. Right. So they're all kind of faking this idea that they had Matrix affinity, um, that they had this calling to it. A and bunch of uh, goons. They, they are pretty goony. Um, and of course, Proteus learning that it's fake, uh, Shockwave saying here that, um, he took his anger out on a certain target and his target yes. was Shockwave. Yeah. And we get that beautiful, beautiful Imperata makeover. Yep. Um, cause Shockwave accuses him, um, He's saying, you and Sentinel have illegally taken control of the Senate. How do you answer? And the next panel is just his now hollowed out head and his new hands being his new claws, his new head with the one optic. And now it is Shockwave as yeah. the franchise knows him. The, the sexy Shockwave. <laughs> well, and it's, I really enjoy, like, appreciate the way that these, this narration is written. Um, he says that, you know, them, performing Empirata on him wasn't enough. Um, they replaced, they removed his hands, they replaced his head, um, but they did literally what they could not do through persuasion. They changed his not his mind. Right. Um, and they, they cut away his emotion centers and they rebuilt his personality. And so it's, it's just sort of recapping the stuff we as more than meets the eye readers already know. Right. Uh, so which, now we're getting it from Shockwave's point of view. Too bad right. he couldn't be in Swerves helping everybody. That would have been so nice. <laughs> it would have been real sweet of him um, helping everybody bring wrong background. Yeah. yeah. It would have Why been not nice. get him on that team? Boy, that'd be crazy. I do wonder sometimes what it would be like if some of the bots had switched places. Um, I actually, I and now I'm going to go off on a... Just side note here for a second. Go when I it. did get to hang out with James at TFCon, I remember in an interview at one point, I remember him talking about saying initially uh, when they were kind of choosing their their teams, for lack of a better term, um, he and John at the beginning before they started writing these stories, uh, James mentioned that he wanted uh, Wheeljack on board the, the Lost Light. And I remember being like, oh, man, I would love <laughs> to know what he was going to do with him. Let um, me so ask I, you this. Do you think his chances of survival would have been any better <laughs> i don't know i really don't know i feel like yeah i don't know i don't know if it would have fared better on the lost light or worse i'm not sure but um luckily i love the way john wrote wheeljack anyway i feel like he was treated very very well despite getting his head blown off um but as a character, he was written so well. Obviously, I'm very happy with the way Wheeljack is treated in uh, Robots in Disguise. But I remember being like, oh, man. And it just made me wonder, what what different, you know, what if Ultra Magnus was still on Cybertron? Right. Uh, what if, yeah. I mean, who, he probably would have taken, like, Brainstorm spot, right? Um, possibly. Right. I'm not sure. I don't know if they would then work together, if we would get more kooky. Uh, I could see Wheeljack carrying a briefcase around. Uh, he'd look real handsome with it. He'd look <laughs> like a businessman. He's very uh, lawyerly. <laughs> Just put a little tie on him. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's a fun thing to kind of wonder if, if some of their 
the places were switched around, but yeah. Uh, well, and just just before we leave this tangent, if yeah. Whirl was here, none of this would have been a problem to begin with, obviously. Just putting that out there. Wait, if he was in... If Whirl was on Cybertron still, the whole, whole riots, all of Megatron coming back... Bumblebee, Starscream, Metalhawk, all of that would have been taken care of immediately when the whole planet overwhelmingly elects world president. <laughs> I bet you're right. I think you're right. That seems like the most sensible course of action. Yes, it would have just been a one and done. Obviously, we could have had a one shot. <laughs> well, so in that case, we can say, thank goodness we didn't because now we get all this. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, so we can hop back into the story now, sure. dear readers. Um, and... This is then the line I really like after Shockwave's talking about the Empirata and the Shadow Play um, and how they stripped him of emotions. They rebuilt his personality. And then on the next page, he follows it up by saying they thought it was a punishment. Right. And you're like, ooh, that's good. Like, that's a good is, Shockwave line. He, he relishes that this is his life now. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, and now we kind of see it play out. Um, we have a Senate hearing here. We have Diatlas at the Senate. And very... He's he's repeating what Shockwave said to him earlier in this comic. He's repeating the idea that uh, Vector Sigma isn't going to last forever. They have to rethink how they approach all of this um, because he thinks Shockwave's going to back him up, um, and it's Shockwave doesn't. He's right. he says, "Nope, you are concerned about nothing." And well, because the narrative interested in his own interest now, as opposed to yes. the interest of Cybertron. Yes, the narration follows up that Shockwave knows he's lying, right. but he, he lies because he's just going to do whatever benefits him. He doesn't care anymore. So this is where he sees the Empirata and the Shadow Play as a benefit. That now he's just, he's looking out for number one. He's not concerned. So he'll go along with whatever Proteus wants him to say, because it's, if it's better for him in the end, that's, that's fine. He's going to get what he needs. But then he, there's a voice yeah, from the exactly. shadow. It just so happens that he is approached by a certain miner from Tarn. Well, he's approached by the miner's uh, lovely date. Shock or Starscream shows up. Oh, yeah. Why didn't I think that was Megatron? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Starscream, though, shows up and is essentially like, hey, you ever heard of the Decepticons? Right. And uh, then we'd have Sh Starscream takes Shockwave to Megatron and looking real good sitting yeah. up on that throne there with a real good looking sound wave behind him. Heck yeah. It's a good shot. I like those guys. They're pretty cool. He's got his, uh, his cannon on his arm. He's looking um so of course megatron is kind of introducing himself he talks about how he's a miner um he hails from tarn and he's uh yes he's you know it's how he does um and and he knows that the senate he is aware of the decepticons and this right. whole movement and everything because clearly between the mo the, the point of shadow play and now some things have changed um megatron was not we don't even hear about him during shadow play really um yeah he's he he doesn't factor into it very much the decepticons do in a sense, right but... so we know this is like a slow slow boil like it's and this is the point where we can see this story is kind of where we learn it all kind of comes to a head um but so shockwave of course just wants to know why he's here um and they're saying we don't need diatlas because he like Diatlas wants change like they do, but Shockwave, they they're seeing Shockwave's pattern. They're seeing right. how Shockwave 
is in this for himself. Like he's they they realize Shockwave is is going to be a little more ruthless. Yes, and that's what they need. This is what the Decepticons need. Um, and so he's kind of going to be their key into the Senate. Um. But at the same time, they recognize this guy's sitting under G-axis. Yes, uh, absolutely, which is a huge benefit. And right. Megatron says, I want a Gestalt. <laughs> and I love that he's like, I want it. I want exactly like Monstructor, except controllable. Yeah. And I love that he's like, that might take a while. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, going to be a hot second on that one. And Megatron's I always very- I do it. Like... I'm not saying I can't. I'm just saying- <laughs> Just it'll it'll take a little bit of time, and Megatron says that's fine. I'm in no rush. Go ahead. I'm gonna give you a laboratory. I'm gonna give you whatever you need to work. Which, of course, is what Shockwave wanted because Shockwave right. is seeing a crisis in their future, a crisis, not multiple. Um, well, he's seeing a crisis. Well, probably, but in this instance, right. the crisis of an energy shortage, and um, he. Obviously, he wants to, he's been wanting to address that for a while. And now he's being kind of given all the resources he needs to work on that under Megatron. And we see him here. He's kind of experimenting on synthetic Energon. And it's just, he's got some poor Cybertronian here. Yeah. And he, uh, he, so he, he tries using this synthetic Energon and it blows him up. So, and he talks. Yeah, so that one's not going to work. And he talks about how, you know, single a single Cybertronian, nobody would miss him, a single one. And then you see all the bodies right, of like all the Cybertronians. of them suspended yeah. upside down from the ceiling, dripping energon all over the ground. Yes, so he's been at this for a while. Yeah. Um, and he's just, and obviously he he doesn't really have a reaction to the fact that this, this dude just blew up. He's just, okay, that's a note to take. Like, I that mean, didn't work. Eventually, he's going to have to publish his findings. That's how science works. At least that's how our science works. <laughs> Cybertronians, you guys need better peer review. <laughs> well, and then we get into the whole mess of, like, chemia and stuff like that. And that's a whole other box of worms. <laughs> um, but yes, for now. Ugh, and then this next page is heartbreaking. This ne- next page it's it's sad yeah. we have shockwave strutting down the street and he's approached by, by somebody ex. by his but yeah by his ex who didn't because of course shockwave just disappeared and the last we saw with him and or ryan he said remember me how i used to be like that's all he asks asked shockwave like they knew he was being taken to have something done to him and so orion here finally is catching up to him this is the first time he's seeing him for a long time and he goes to him he's ugh, it's so sad he tells him he's he, he's been at the arc one monument he goes he's been he was going day after day just waiting for shockwave to show up and meet up with him and it's sweet in a way he's kind of completely unfazed by shockwave's appearance yeah he to he him, just wants it's still shockwave, shockwave back Senator yeah shockwave. yeah he's just hey shockwave why aren't you talking to me why aren't what's we what's the deal i thought we were pals uh, yeah i thought we were gonna smooch up a storm um and he says he was worried about him and he didn't know why he didn't try to talk to him and um even yeah, Diatlas he- went to Orion Pax, and I guess Diatlas doesn't care for him very much, but because obviously they both knew Shockwave. And Shockwave just says, he just tells Orion that he should give up on him. Yeah, he's busy. And he's and he does say he says that Shockwave says he is not the same person that Orion befriended. It's sad. And, uh, it's so sad, and Orion refuses to believe it. He just says, nope, that's not true. You're in there somewhere. Gosh, uh, Orion. 
impacts. Heart of gold on that guy. He really does. And it, it gave me this idea because, of course, I'm like, I, I'm a romantic. And I'm like, no, these two totally had something going on. So then, and I kind of uh, ruined our friend Meg's day. I don't know if I actually ruined it, but I did text her <laughs> earlier today as I was rereading this. And I was like, imagine Optimus Prime has been in love with Shockwave this entire time. And she was like, ouch. And I was like, I know. Thank uh. you. I, I'm glad that now everybody else can share in my misery. What a what a podcast. <laughs> we're we're really just expanding minds here. We are expanding minds, breaking parts. Upon, yeah. <laughs> you are part of this now, listeners, <laughs> whether you like it or not. Um so yeah, we have Shockwave just kind of being like, Listen, Orion, I feel nothing. Um, let Diadalus know I say hey, but I don't care anymore. And there Peace you go. Out. And it's so sad because we have the last thing Orion's saying here is, you know, you, the real you, you can overcome what they did. I believe in you. And then the last narration of Shockwave on that page just says, one day Orion Pax would stop believing. And it's really sad. Uh, These but boys. the good news is he has a new dad. <laughs> he does have a new dad. And Megatron's all about keeping his guys happy. Yeah, uh, he goes out of his way and says, well, I know they took your hands, so I spent a little more than I should have, but <laughs> I think you're worth it. And yeah, he's like, have a look here. And there are hand options. There are weapon options for Shockwave. Because um, obviously he's like, you are supposed to be conducting experiments i'm sure having claws makes that a little harder here are some new hands for you and megatron then tells him um because he's saying tomorrow shit's about to, to go down um and we we know that this is kind of the point when the war begins right um and he, he, he says tomorrow we're gonna kill the senate yeah like he's just gonna he's gonna do uh the greatest act of political ambition i'm sure even just us speaking this right now is getting us on cia watch lists <laughs> probably uh, and they're gonna bust down my door and i'll be like you want some coke zero um <laughs> <laughs> i got some in the fridge but uh so yes that's that's megatron's plan for tomorrow and shockwave again he on face he's like okay cool then i'll take one hand and i'll put a gun on this arm yeah and I, they both nod and give each other fonzie <laughs> looks because that's a great idea i like it megatron knows now that he has chosen the right guy he's like ah like you i was a, it was a bit of a you, test but now you passed it it was that was a good choice uh and so oh, and then we have another page that in 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 reality is sweet this is actually a very <laughs> sweet thing that shockwave does yeah and he even says he can't really explain why he does it right he shows up to uh Diatlas's house. Yeah. He's got a sweet, sweet house. Yeah, Diatlas got a plush pad, man. Yeah, he does. Uh, but immediately, and Shockwave even says, like, something sentimental in him made him do this. He shows up and murders Diatlas in the face immediately. Well, uh, and he, he leaves him alive, though, because we've seen Diatlas. Oh, sure. But yeah, we do I know. Consider that. <laughs> yeah. So he comes and he shoots him, which makes him incapable of being with the rest of the Senate when Megatron goes to murder everybody. So this is Shockwave, Same. yes, hey, hurting Diatlas, but in a way that prevents him from being killed the next day. Uh, yeah, he, he ain't got no legs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that, that that's a good move on his part. So there you go. And so again, messed up, but sweet in a messed up way. It's the best you'll get out of Shockwave. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, yes, true. Um, and he's saying that um, Megatron got his combi- combiner eventually, mm-hmm. and Shockwave. Then he goes back to talking about how his experiments, you know, these experiments that he was creating, he started spreading them. Yeah, in his attempts, orbs. yes, in his attempts to create syn- synthetic energon. Um, but he yes. instead of synthetic energon, he mostly just makes a bunch of wild shit. Right. I mean, and it's one of those where he's like, I'm just going to plant these seeds. I don't know what's going to grow. And he had a bunch of seed bags. They didn't have the labels on them anymore. Uh-huh. So he's like, I'm just going to see what happens. And uh-huh. so we get some um, some views of some planets we've seen before. Right. We know L- LV-117. Yes. And this is the planet that is, or one was planted here. And it says... The world free from the bounds of time is and what this happened. Is, this is the one that G-Axis and Bludgeon and Optimus were all on where they're skipping through time and stuff. Yes, that was the headache. Right. Uh, the headache planet is <laughs> where Or-1 is. Arduria, which makes everything cold. And that's, I think, the one we saw where he kills the rocks or whatever those yes. guys are. Yes, the rocks were on Arduria. Right. That was Or-6. Yes. Uh, and then I don't think I've seen this one yet, have I? Mm, I don't believe so. CSE would be my yeah, guess. Yeah, CSE, something like that. Yes, or eight is on CSE, and it is it's beautiful. There are yeah, crystals. Yeah, two suns. Yeah, and covered in crystals of pure destruction. That's a cool so phrase. It is. That could be a band name. Um, and then of course we have or thirteen was planted on Earth, and it became a fuel. It was ultra energon, aka power itself. So we win. Yay, go us. We yay. <laughs> Thanks, Shockwave, for giving us a planet. Um ours is the only one with birds on it. That's pretty We cool. do have some birds. Our Juria does not have those anymore. Right. Um and he uh, talks about this greatest experiment right. that he did, because of course we know he planted a seed on Cybertron because he watched Crystal City get taken back into the ground, which we saw happen back with uh omega supreme talking to diatlas we know that crystal city after it was wrecked up was put underground which is why it was underground when the titan was there um shockwave planted a seed in crystal city before that happened and we learn that that seed is or 14 and it is resurrection and now we have dreadwing standing back up right he's the guy we shot at the beginning of the book still got a big old hole in his chest yeah uh and And he's he's like like, oh okay cool (laughs) right like maybe warn me next time but all right yeah i'm fine we're all good i get it i get it (laughs) we're cool we're cool and shockwave's like all right that worked i murdered that dude and he came back um and now the final cataclysm is at hand at his hand shockwave i can't wait to see what you have in the store Uh, i would say if i didn't know what was about to happen something i did notice a lot especially in all of the books that talk about impurata especially but also something with ratchet there's like a big hands theme in transformers where people like hands seem to have some kind of prominence where people lose them and gain them and they're particular to individuals is that something that's unique to these comics or is that like a transformers running thing I guess I never really thought of it before. Um, I've just noticed it seems to come, hands seem to come up a lot. I mean, you're not wrong. I don't, I I really don't know. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, there have been other stories. I think these ones, like we haven't dealt with the fact that Empurata was sort of like what it is. It's a thing in and of itself as opposed to just another design choice. Yes, yes. Um, So I feel like as far as I can tell, 
these books, yes, are kind of uh, unique in that. Well, I mean, the only other time I really notice it is uh, Ratchet and Pharma, obviously. Of course, right. They talk about medicants, they talk about Empirata, and that kind of, you know, obviously this punishment. Um, this uh, it, It's a punishment as well as a way to make sure people know that that person is an outcast. Um, so... Just something yeah. interesting. No, that is interesting. Something I to keep track of in future episodes, dear listeners. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, but that's the end of that gosh darn book. That's it. That's uh, but don't worry. We got another one. That, that, the, the cool thing about these three is that they all take place in different yeah. areas with different people. We got so a, now, a good mix. Yeah. We're going to hop back to where we left off um, regarding Cyber or Icon and Autobots, Decepticons, Starscream, Unaligned Bots. <laughs> yes. Good news, everybody. We get some RC in this one. We do. And I do want to say, um, I, the way she. At least, and I don't know if it's just the way I'm reading it, I am more into R.C. in this issue. I would agree. I think getting to see things from her perspective and seeing how she sort of thinks and perceives things is more interesting than just her showing up and Sephirothing a room full of dudes. Absolutely. And even on along with that, right, because so far we see her, she shows up, she's a psycho killing machine, she kills everything without getting a scratch on her, which of course is boring, boring, boring. Um, and finally in this issue, and obviously we'll get to it relatively quickly, but she, when we actually hear her speak and the way she says things, she still sounds like a maniac, but it's more, not even a maniac, but she sounds like a, like a mentally disturbed person right? without her being this obnoxious deviant art, uh, OC character, OC character, character, um, uh, original character, do not steal. <laughs> she, uh. But so, yeah, so I do remember even the first time I was reading these issues, getting to this one and being like, okay, I like this RC. I'm more down with the way she's being written. And obviously, yes, we will emphasize certain parts of that as, as we go. We'll see, see the moments that make that a little, a little easier to get behind. Uh, so she's discussing everything that's sort of, she's, she's sort of given us a recap. Yeah. You know, good old Brambleby has, he's having a hard time of it. Yes. And she says, you know, he, he's hurt because he was the one in charge when all of this happened. So of course he's going to be really hard on himself. Um, and she doesn't want to see him like that. She doesn't, she, this wasn't ever the intent of any of it. Um, and even getting her narration in this, we do, she sounds understandable like there yeah. are certain words that she doesn't she doesn't speak in one-liners which is a plus absolutely because yeah when that would that would be the impression you would get based on what we've heard from her so far um but no she has fully thought out i you know just full thoughts running through her head and um and, and even it, when she says things like, it's not like I belonged with his Autobots, you know, and there are certain topics she makes clear that she can't appreciate, that she isn't familiar, with which she's not familiar, but at the same time, she's still capable of talking yeah. about them. Uh, it, her, her, her perspective is very different from anyone else's, especially among the Autobots. Yes, yes. And I appreciate finally getting at least some of that. Yeah. Uh, and so she again, she's recapping everything. She's saying that Starscream kicked everybody out. Right. Um, and and she's t even talking about Prowl here. That Prowl has a particular way of thinking that he needs to label everything. Yeah. Uh, I I I like that she recognizes that. Yes. 
So, right. So luckily we're getting, we're getting a little bit of insight to RC. It's coming around. And that was, thank goodness. Cause again, I will repeat it every single time. I do like RC. My only complaint was her treatment. Um, so this, this is good. This is better. Um, but yeah, she talks about the fact that Prowl calls the unaligned bots nails because everything to him needs a label. And she says he thought of them like another species. Um, and she says they were just Cybertronians that didn't want to fight anymore. So we get actually some very sound, like she's being reasonable here. She's yeah. like, yeah, no, they did. They just didn't want to fight. I get it. And then we see them kind of throwing crap at the Autobots to get out. And so um, they and, mostly didn't want to fight anymore. <laughs> right. And we transition to this scene with a uh, fix, fix it, it. star scream. Yeah. And fix it wants to get back into the med center. And he's like, there are wounded people in there. You have to let me help them. And star scream is saying, please do please come in and help them take off the Autobot badge. Right. He's saying, if you're going to, if you're going to stay, here i want you to and i want you to not be an autobot anymore. right and he's very adamant about this um and he's saying you know we'll take care of them we like i'm not threatening you everybody's gonna get taken care of we do have other medics here or people who at least have medical experience and of course we get this shot of omega supreme and as starscream says the thing the aerial bots combined into which we know is superior right. um you know, he's saying they're going to have the same choice, We, but I want you here. Well, you can be a part says, of this world. Yeah, he says you can stay and be a Cybertronian or you can leave and be an Autobot. Which, I mean, I know I'm biased to him, but I get it. Yeah. I'm with Starscream here. I mean, he's he's pretty correct. Yeah. And, I, and of course, I can understand why it's very, very hard for people to want to jump in with both feet and trust this guy. I get why there are big hangups from people on whether or not they want to be a part of a society that is essentially being run by Starscream. I get it. But for all that they've been saying this entire time, this was the end goal that they are now all walking away from. Yeah. And Starscream even says, like, Bumblebee sees this as something with winners and losers, but there are no winners here. Like, right. we're just Cybertronians now. Bumblebee let us down. Uh, Megatron's gone. Everybody's out of here but me. Right. He's saying what Megatron did isn't going to happen again. Yeah. Like, that's not how we do this. Um. And I mean, and that's just kind of where he leaves it and um, fix it decides like, okay, like, yeah, I'm I, fix it decides he's going with the Autobots. Yeah, um, I'll piss off Starscream. And he does. He's like, you're sending us into a wilderness. And they're still afraid of this idea that they're all going to go crazy. And Starscream right. says that was Megatron. Like, I, th he was the one doing it. I uh, don't like but Ironhide steps in and says like yeah that's part of it but there's a bunch of other stuff out there too Starscream right and so they're saying you know what we're being sent into you know where you're sending us and Starscream again just says you guys don't have to go uh, and so I mean it, it is tough because obviously these guys don't want to hang around and be ruled over by Starscream. But at the same time, Starscream is not forcing anybody out. I mean, he kind of is. He is if you if they aren't willing to wear the symbol that in his mind and in the mind of a lot of the people who live here now have has continued to do nothing but create more fighting. They just experienced it last night. Exactly. And so on this next page, uh, RC says sort of eloquently here, uh, everyone who leaves is like everyone leaves who are the fighters. And yes, if they stayed, it's because they would just be fighting against the innocent people who didn't want to get wrapped up in their war. So she's oh, implying right. that like fighting is all these people are, are capable of, which is interesting. Uh, it, it really is. Um, 
and then and even then she does say nobody like the because the autobots and decepticons obviously both had to leave they just went in different directions and she says we could have just started fighting as soon as we left uh nothing was stopping us right but at that point like where they are right now after everything that just happened that megatron started they didn't want to do that again and everybody was just kind of un under this unspoken agreement that that was just they weren't going to do it uh, and so they, they see people like guarding Cybertron, trying to make sure that the Autobots and Decepticons don't try running back in. We see Swindle. Uh, yeah. mentions that Jazz is with him. Yeah, Jazz is right next to Swindle. We can kind of, he's like down, he's like down yeah. in front of him. Um, and uh, I think that's Squawk Box there in the front with like kind of like the grills. Sure. Um, so yeah, we have Autobots and Decepticons now, who former Autobots and Decepticons now at the wall kind of, yeah, making sure they leave. Um, and it's Prowl saying that he's like, guards are making sure we leave the city that we built. Um, and, and Prowl like was not aware of most of the things that happened to him. He says, Prowl how bad a lot. did Bumblebee do? Right. Like what happened you guys? And of course, Ironhide's like, okay, I know it's, it'll be fine. Um, we, yeah, like we'll catch you up later. Um, and he does say like, we know, you know, Bumblebee, he tried his best and, uh, and we can see Bumblebee is not in a great way at the moment. Obviously, right. he's, he's been a little roughed up by over, Megatron. He's coughing. He had his face crushed. Yeah, he did. And then before they can get too far, the Autobot uh, crew here, they see some like, a group of five dudes approaching them. And Bumblebee's like, oh, great. All the construct cops are coming after us. And they're immediately like, okay, here's what we do. Prowl, again, because now Prowl's on it. And Ironhide had just been like, thank goodness you're back with us. And we know that it's you. We need you. And um, so Prowl, yeah, is immediately like, okay, everybody get around, fix it in the wounded. Like, make a perimeter around them so we can keep them all safe. Everybody get your weapons out. The Decepticons are about to attack us. Uh, and the constructor cons are like, hey, what's up? <laughs> like, hey, what's up with you guys? Like, and even what? RC is like, oh, they want a rematch. And we're like, no, we're just here to hang out. <laughs> and it's so, uh, the constructor cons get real cute in these pages. <laughs> um, and they even, like, they're like, hey, don't jump to conclusions, Prowl. And Prowl's like, no, I've been in your head. Like, I, I know. I know what you guys are up to. <laughs> and he even says, you're the worst of the worst. You're the coolest, vilest Decepticons I've ever encountered. And they're like, yeah, it sounds like poetry when you say it. That's beautiful. <laughs> Uh, and then the Dinobots just say, all right, let's just get these guys out of here. So then, yeah, we just have a big fight between two groups of tough guys. Uh, they're just blasting each other. They're punching each other. Uh, and then Prowl's like, hold on, wait, why are you guys here? And the Constructicons are like, oh, we want to be with you guys. Right. And uh, and, I do want to point out that like, top panel. Yeah. Like, after Prowl says, wait, stop. And you can tell it's one of those, like, like the cartoon scene. Everybody has just frozen. Like... <laughs> Slug is about to breathe fire, but he's not. He's turned and looking like everybody's gonna wait. He's practically like the Constructicons are practically like hugging the Dinobots. Everybody's just frozen where they I are. That swoop is like cradling this guy. <laughs> it's true. He's about to like <laughs> grab him, but he's not. They're all turned and looking at Prowl like what? Uh, and um, Prowl's like, wait, you guys want to be Autobots? And they're like, oh no, screw the Autobots. We just like you, Prowl. You're cool. Yeah. 
They're like, you've been in our head, we've been in your head, and you have amazing ideas. <laughs> and Prowl makes the cutest face at the bottom of this page. It's He's so damn cute on this page, twice. Um, he's very, very surprised. He's and not it, used to being told he's awesome. <laughs> he's he's like, least. I can't even, Bumblebee, you tell them how ridiculous that is. <laughs> And Bumblebee's like, okay, I'm going to tell you why this is crazy. And he's like barely even able to stand. Um, And he's like, okay, listen, I know you guys think Prowl's real cool, but he was under mind control. Um, And, uh, you know, Bombshell was in his head. Right. And he's like, he didn't blow up the Decepticons. He didn't start a secret war. He didn't have Ratbat killed. And RC's like, oh no, he totally had Ratbat killed. And she's just like, yeah, no, like, I, I did that. He told me to do that. <laughs> and I love that Swoop, Swoop is my favorite character now, I think. Between this and Swoop's, the last time Swoop got a line, he's just he, like, this is the best. You guys are the best. I wish every right. time any arguments were happening, Swoop was around to just laugh and enjoy it. It's true. He has he gets such a such glee out of people arguing and having spats between each other or things like RC being like, yeah, no, Prowl definitely had me murder that guy because he didn't get mind controlled until later. And the fact that he thinks that's the funniest damn thing he's heard all day. Um, I, I just love how, how how big his smile is. He's like a one-man oh, Sattler so in Waldorf. He's just sitting back <laughs> making fun of everybody. He's sitting on Slug and he's just <laughs> laughing and yeah, just having a great time. I Swoop think uh, just... I, I really want to see I, I, I'm going to do my own comic where one page is the actual events and then the other page is just Slug and Swoop up in a balcony laughing at it, telling bugs. <laughs> I please do please do I want to see that very badly or you can script it and I'll draw it and perfect it'll be beautiful um of course Ironhide's like well shoot now we know Prowl uh directed the murder of somebody so that's kind of a downer and Bumblebee before he can do anything about it uh collapses yeah he just faints (laughs) yep uh, and so with the Constructicons, they kind of build a camp here. Yeah, which I'm sure was very helpful with the Constructicons. Right. I mean, that's what they're good at. Yeah, Not to be a functionist or anything. But. <laughs> but, you know, that's just a talent. You know what they say about those Constructicons? They're good at building things. <laughs> and they enjoy jokes. That too. Uh, they share that with the Dinobots. <laughs> Absolutely. So, right, we have these two, like, volatile teams in the Autobot camp over here. Um, and, you know, so RC's uh, narrating again. She's talking about how everybody just loves Bumblebee. Um, you know, even him being in charge when everything kind of went to hell, people still love him. Like, they, obviously, they're very concerned about him. And we kind of have a nice moment between her and Prowl here where, um, you know, they talk a bit about Bumblebee and... Again, we get more insight into RC. And I think, again, with her just talking, this is such a better view of the character that I would want to see. Because I'm okay with her being a little bit out of her mind. Like, I'm okay with her being actually disturbed. Um, Well, the other thing is, this is really the first time we've ever seen her where she isn't just murdering dudes. Right. Like, we get a chance to talk to RC, which is a big plus. Yes. Where she's not just being this ridiculously overpowered action hero, which is, again, boring as hell. Like, that's a terrible way to write any character. 
Um, but it, it's it, this scene's very interesting because we have Prowl being like, I don't know if I want to be around you right now because you just made everything so bad for me. And she's like, I'm sorry. I didn't even know. Like, at this point, I don't know what I'm supposed to say and what I'm not supposed to say. Like, we get the idea that she's very uncomfortable with things right now because it's yeah. not black and white. Like, okay, kill rat bat. You know? Yes. It's, she understands well, basic things. Now? Exactly. Right. Like, certain things are just, they make total sense to her but things like this and knowing what to say and what she can't say um and i do like there's like two or three different times in this comic where she says it's hard and like and that's it like that's and then she kind of follows up with what's difficult for her um well, but and, yeah, she's having a tough time. Yeah, and she says, like, killing Geaxis over and over. That made <laughs> sense. I just killed Geaxis. That was a thing I could do. And it would just keep happening. Yeah. Uh, and she says, like, this is nothing like that. I don't know what to do here. Uh, right. And then she sort of looks sad and says, anyway, I hope Bumblebee doesn't die, which is a pretty sweet thing to say. It is. And and she's being sincere about that. Yeah. Um, And of course, yeah, like, in my mind, I... Like, that's the kind of, and I don't want to necessarily use the term crazy, but this very innocent way of offering up this explanation. Like, you know, when I was living in Gorlin Prime with Hardhead, and I was just killing Jaxxas over and over again. Like, the way she just offers it up so naturally, just so like, I mean, it's just the way it is. I like that. Yeah. uh, I like that level of like, okay, girl's a little messed up, but that's fine. Well, and that's, that's a much more interesting thing to do with the character than this sort of action here like i love killing like right the reason she likes killing is because it's the only thing that makes sense to her that's an interesting motivation yes much better so right this is finally where we get some calm in the storm (laughs) that is the emotions towards rc um and yeah so she she does she uh leaves prowl with the yeah she hopes bumblebee doesn't die um and he waits a moment and then thanks her after she's gone um and then again in my head canon these two are friends so she's like oh hey i want to go see bumblebee they're not gonna let me in but sideswipes work at the door so he'll probably let me see him because we're friends and i said yay yeah you are (laughs) um but then we do get she goes up to him and he's like no i'm not gonna let you in and then sideswipe does call her an unstoppable killing machine and um he told her she would just be in the way well it, exactly is like she thinks oh i'm friends with sideswipe and he yes. loves me so i'll be able to get in and he's like no you you don't understand like right now you are not the person who needs to be around mumblebee and yeah she's just sort of like dejected but also like oh oh okay i understand that yeah like she just lets it happen she's just okay yeah she recognizes oh okay i didn't know i wasn't supposed to be around bumblebee right now yeah Uh, and then she runs into the constructicons (laughs) they hurl a rock at her head and she they're like oh sorry i didn't see you and she's like i'm gonna and so of course they start fighting um because she had threatened them the last time that they all saw each other so they're like okay let's do this well and and this is an interesting matchup not only because of the history they have but because like the constructicons aren't the brightest dudes either like they're kind of oh, working no. at rc's level where yes both of these people basic, they just like fighting yes very basic things so it's yeah a whole group of people who really just want to they beat want up to, other people yeah they want to fight and they specifically want to fight each other yeah so they're all like okay let's do this and we have this action sequence start up um 
And she's down, obviously. She jumps in because this makes sense to her. Yeah. And uh, we finally see my boy Trax gets to talk and he's like, uh, should we? Uh... And uh, <laughs> Cliff Jumper's like, hell no, let's just stand back and watch this because we've like, done enough the fighting. First fun thing that's happened <laughs> in months. And you can even see the bots behind him all smiling. <laughs> Trax was the only one concerned with maybe doing something now. Okay. Uh, and so they're sort of taunting here because they're saying, well, she didn't even have an Autobot symbol. Even they don't want her. Yeah, which would be your go? Oh, RC. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she just says, yeah, well, they got me, which is a great response. I like it. Um, <laughs> so they're fighting, fighting, fighting. And finally, Ironhide's yeah. like, hey, now, okay, stop. And they all stop. And we have even the Dinobots are kind of like there. I love that Swoop's just like, ah, let them fight. <laughs> Swoop <laughs> just loves watching people fight. He's really into it. Swoop is, yeah, he's he knows where his motivations are. He knows what drives <laughs> him. Um, he's even got his little clawed hand on Ironhide's <laughs> shoulder like, no, nah, no, nah, man, it's cool. Um, I can't get enough of him. <laughs> he's so cute. Also, what a, he's got a cute robot design. He's got like... Yeah. His he big... looks like a Power Ranger to me. He totally does. Very, very much. Uh, what like Setai? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Payment Rider. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, for sure. Um, and uh, and Ironhide kind of lays down the law. He's like, "Listen, I'm not going to kick you guys out, but everybody has to stop because we're trying to let's just get through the night. They're big on getting through the night on right. Cybertron." <laughs> that's the that's like the the slogan of Cybertron. Let's just make it through the night. <laughs> uh, and and I love this panel where like RC and one of the constructicons have <gasps> their sword crossed, and like, what's the big deal? We're just trying to kill each other. Like <laughs> they that really is all they know how to do. So yeah, they're they're, it's, they're it's fine. It's both funny, but also like sad. Absolutely, like this, this is, is the just kind totally of stuff. Normal to them. Yeah, and I love like this is the stuff that I love getting out of these comics. I like these little deeper layers to these characters. Um, and Ironhide asks the Dinobots to watch these six. And RC is immediately like, what? I'm not? No, why am I being lumped in with them? Yeah. Uh, and the Dinobots sort of are, are saying like, well, it's because uh, you're all outcasts. Yeah. Slug is kind of a total gent here. He yeah. goes and offers his hand and he's like, you know, they're outcasts. You're an outcast. We're all outcasts. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, he's like, y'all like drinking energon? And they're like, uh, yeah, of course we do. And RC even high fives him. She does. She down low gives him a <laughs> low five. And She's says, swatting his hand away, but I, yes. I I try to interpret it as high five. You know, she just doesn't know how to express it right now. Um, so she she does not go with the Dinobots and the Constructicons, who are now all going to go drink Energon together. Which and I I love that they're even like, didn't we fight you guys a couple million years ago? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, like oh man, your guys' salt modes rule. Yeah, like wow, you guys look so cool, and it's adorable. <laughs> and then those that whole crew was just going to go off and start their own miniseries. Exactly. And it's going to be called Dino Rumble Roses. Perfect. That's better. <laughs> That's much catchier than Dinosructicons. <laughs> but I think yours is a little more, makes a little more sense and is not a f name of a fighting game that I think was all about girls beating each other up. Uh, um, what about Constructosaurs? That's kind of cool, actually. That's pretty cool. I dig it. That's uh, it. That's the miniseries. There we go. <laughs> Stay tuned for IDW's Transformers Constructosaurs. <laughs> it's going to get crazy, y'all. That's the slogan for that one. Um, <laughs> so RC is just kind of hanging back with Ironhide. She's like, you trust them? He's like, hell no, I don't trust them, but I get them. Like, I, I get 
what they're thinking. Right. Uh, and so then they're like, well, we should check in on Bumblebee, right? And they're mm. like, well, Bumblebee's not doing so well. Uh, Fix It has parts from the alt mode that he used on Earth. Yes. So to uh, people who might know, one of the versions of Bumblebee will see a familiar bot emerge later on here. Um, but a secondary to his first place familiar form, which is what we've been seeing so far. Um, but he's, you know, and, and I do want to just point out this panel here because it means so much to me when Ironhide's saying, you know, they've had some bad days and he lost some good friends and she immediately says, Wheeljack, I know you guys were close. Um, and that he seemed like a, an okay guy. Um, but that just makes me go again, yay, because in my head canon, Ironhide and Wheeljack, besties. Yeah. This comic uh, appreciates that. It acknowledges I, it. I do love how awkward it is for RC to give a compliment. She's like, he's uh, uh, an okay guy. Yeah, he seems pretty all right. Yeah. And he was good at giving, uh, what was it, uh, the uh, benefit of the doubt? Yeah. Uh, and and Ironhide even says, you know, uh, he's reminding us, well, the main thing we need to worry about is the signal that made everybody combine and find yes. each other. Uh, yes. And that didn't go so well. So, yeah. So he he's still on alert, even though Starscream's like, nah, y'all be fine. Um, he just, yes, he's concerned. He wants everybody to stay together. Um well, and there's this next page is really good because they're talking about how they're worried about that, and RC kind of Batman's away from him, uh, which you know we couldn't we couldn't get a comic where that doesn't happen. <laughs> right, but, she had to do it at least once. Uh, the reason she does it is because she's sitting outside of Bumblebee's thing, like everyone's worried about the signal turning them violent, and she's like, "Well, that shouldn't have an effect on me. I'm already violent, so I'll just watch over Bumblebee." Like yeah. that's kind of sweet. It is. It is, and we we see her kind of again these just really good glimpses into this yeah. madness and where her when her kind of madness gives way to logic just, like yeah, she, just the way that she works yes like we're just getting the way rc functions and so she's sitting outside of this little uh this trailer that bumblebee's in and she's got her sword up against her arm right and uh she's talking about and she again says it's hard and like real life is hard to figure out and I appreciate this because it's it's so much like, I don't know, just some kind of almost like a mixed up kid just being like, I don't know, this is tough. This isn't what I know. Well, and, and she even says, like, I hate the Constructicons and everything about them because they're Decepticons. But she likes the way Prowl thinks, too, because Prowl thinks very black and white. It's very yes. simple, very straightforward. You can do this and not that. And if you do this, that's the right thing to do. And if you do that, it's the wrong thing to do. Yeah, it's really good characterization here. Yeah, this is a great issue for our city. It, yes, it really, really is. Thank Thank goodness it happened. <laughs> this is what I've been wanting uh, this whole time. And um, so as she's thinking all of this, the door opens and Bumblebee steps out. And now he looks like Goldbug, which is kind of what he became in Generation 2 of Transformers. Okay. Still the same character. <laughs> he was just suddenly called Goldbug and he looked like this. But Much he was catchier name. Still Bumblebee. <laughs> so I think he still goes by Bumblebee. Uh, but yes, yeah, that's, she that's calls the... him Bumblebee. Yeah, she uh, tells him nice outfit. Awkwardly, uh, I'm sure, because she doesn't know how to give compliments. <laughs> and he's singing a Halsey song here. Uh, th there's a song that says, I can't feel my face. Whatever. It's, that's it, that's what he says. Never mind. Screw it. I'll move on. <laughs> I know the song, but I didn't think. He I says, Halsey I can't feel my face. I thought Halsey was a girl. Maybe. Is that not the person who sings that song? I didn't think so. Whatever. I don't <laughs> listen to music. He's too cool for the radio. 
You kids I don't know Spotify's. who sings that song, but I know that, yes, there is a song that says, I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Right. That I was making a reference. All right. Moving on. <laughs> uh, yeah. She's saying like, well, I knocked out Sideswipe <laughs> because <laughs> I wanted to watch over you. And that's really funny to me when she's like, <laughs> yeah, no, I just figured I'm super, you know, I'm, I'm super violent. So I decided to sit out here and watch over you. So I knocked out Sideswipe so I could do that. Again, just very matter of fact about it. Um, and I love that. That that to me, I'm like, yes, this works. Still kind of a crazy thing to do. Right. But it works so much better now. <laughs> and uh, there he is just lying on the ground. And she even says, she's like, he needs to recuperate anyway. He's just been <laughs> fighting. He needs like, to rest if oh, he's going to heal just, up. I beat the shit out of him. That's I figured yeah. it was the best thing to do in this situation. He's fine. It'll fix himself. Um, and then you can see she was carving the Autobot symbol onto her arm. Right. How sweet is that? It's really cute. Like, RC, that's that's adorable. I'm glad you did that. Um, and she just even just says, I'm an Autobot. It's so cute. Um, uh, so, yeah, and Bumblebee's like, okay, well, I mean, here's the good news. It's done. We made it. Again, let's just make it through the night. I'm going to make a Cybertronian flag that just says that. Um, <laughs> we made it through the night. <laughs> uh, but they say, wait a minute. No, we didn't, because the sun yeah. shouldn't be up right now. It is definitely not time for the sun to rise. And they're like, what? And immediately, of course, they're like, wait, wait, B, B, explain this. And Ironhide's like, leave him alone. Um, or fix it is saying, yeah. you guys, take it easy. He just woke up. <laughs> um, uh, NRC says, no, wait, this is G-Axis. And Prowl's like, what? G-Axis isn't even close to Cybertron. And she's like, no, I can feel G-Axis. He's here. Uh, and we see our good buddy Shockwave. But is it Shockwave? Well, it's certainly his silhouette. Maybe not. But look at his hands. Oh, yeah, he's got hands. What's the deal? So. What's up with that? Think about that. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I point that out because when this issue first came out, we all went, that's not what, what? So there you go. I just figured I'd point that out to you guys too. I just assume that that's an error. That's, that's definitely <laughs> shockwave. <laughs> so, you know, just, just be on your toes. Always be on your toes. You never know what these comics are going to do next. Um, uh, but the good but, news is we won't get any answers for that in this episode. No, we won't. Instead, we, we're going to hang out with the Waspinator. Yay. Beast Wars, guys. Yeah. I if remember you, him from Beast Wars. Yeah, if you guys watched Beast Wars, good news. We got some beasts up in these comics. Uh, and we get a really good alien cantina scene. I really like this, like, Soriyama-designed bartender robot. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's very, very long. It's very elegant looking. Yeah, very chrome and sleek. Yes. But then uh, it still looks like it's still, like, connected almost to the ceiling. Yeah. Like, it's, like, plugged in. He's charging up. <laughs> Uh, so we have, yeah, we open up on this cantina scene and Wazbinator is here and he's saying he doesn't know what you want. Whoever's talking to him, he doesn't know what they want from him. Um, he just wants to forget whatever they are trying to get out of him. Right. Uh, and he's talking about how, uh, he remembers Optimus Prime raised a Titan from Cybertron and Megatron wanted one. So he was on a team of Titan hunters. Yes. And so there are issues that dealt with these kind of things. We, we've seen little glimpses of people who've hunted Titans before. Um, actually a lot of what happens with these guys gets explained in a lot of spotlights. Um, but so yes, this in particular, um, he 
is talking about, yeah, they, they would go around looking for Titans because that's obviously they wanted sure. what we now have seen from Tyrus. They wanted that space bridge technology. It seems useful. Absolutely. Uh, and then he says the worst possible thing happened. He found a Titan. Yes, he found it. And he succeeded in killing it. Yeah. Uh, the Titan starts panicking. Right. Like its last act was to try to get away. Right. It activates the space bridge and he goes along for the ride. Yes. So Waspinator is with it as it is jumping. And it's so, of course, it's jumping through space. It's jumping through time, he says. Um, and it kind of like it died as that was happening. Right. Uh, so they were just kind of adrift. And, and Waspinator says he felt something and it was death itself. Yes. Whatever so that he, means. Right. They were kind of between this, um, like this, yeah, they were, they, they were between wherever the Titan was going. And then, yeah, he felt death. Um, and he says that he learned, he figured out how to control it. Right. Uh, and then we figure out who's talking to him. It's good old Bludgeon and G-Axis, that goofy duo. These two goons what and Bludgeon, <laughs> Bludgeon decides to be real suave and say, oh, yeah, death. What did you say to my old friend? And you're like, Bludgeon, shut up. <laughs> and that's exactly what Jaxa says to him. Bludgeon, <laughs> give me a break. Bludgeon, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm sick of you trying to sound like a badass. Um, and Jaxus is like, yes, that's why we want you. You controlled a Titan once. Uh, we want say, you to do it again. And I love the face that Waspinator gives him here because you can kind of imprint whatever you want on it because it's not a traditional face. But to me, he just looks like the most exasperated. Like, were you guys even listening to what I just said <laughs> about how I... much that sucked? It was the worst, you guys. <laughs> but presumably he does not say that to them because they're big, strong, and scary. They are definitely. I would not say it to those guys for sure. <laughs> uh, but before we can really see what his responses we go check in on that pax dude yeah they've made it to gorlon prime uh in the benzuli expanse yes and so the benzuli expanse is kind of home to this cosmic hostile anomaly um the arc one got lost in the benzuli expanse hmm. so gorlon prime being within like in the expanse is kind of, kind of makes it like a, a last outpost of sorts if you will but so this oh, is not a, a great place to be is essentially what this is setting up it's it's not a vacation this is sure sure um and or ryan pax explains here like gorlon prime used to be home to um oh wait hang on Yes. Okay. Sorry. Just checking. Um, or Ryan Pack says that, you know, like people used to live here and they ended up, of course, getting involved in this war by no fault of their own, um, just because of the way where the planet was positioned. Um, and he says that the, the planet, um, got involved, the planet died and it was the front line of a war with another universe. It seems like a lot of work. It, it is, absolutely. And of course, but at this point, we've heard of the dead universe, which is kind of this idea of what the Benzuli Expanse is kind of, you know, between, like, because we've had Cyclonus mention it before. We've had people talk about this dead sure. universe. It's come up. Um, yeah, so that that would be the war with another universe that they're talking about here. Um, and Orion is very, you know, he's thinking about this. He's looking upon this place where people used to live. And he's saying, you know, is this our legacy? Is this the only thing that we can do is spread chaos? Um, 
But he says that's a question for poets and philosophers, not for a warrior. <laughs> All right, Optimus. Let's... <laughs> let's cool it, Pax, it okay? In. Let's, yeah, bring that back. Uh, and he starts talking to Hardhead. He's like, you still live here, right, Hardhead? Yeah, we know he did. RC was just talking about how they used to hang out here. Yeah. Uh, when she was killing Jaxus over and over again. <laughs> and he's like, well, I didn't, I didn't live here. Uh, he didn't have, like, an apartment and everything here. Right. Uh, and Wheelie's even like, you live a fucked up life, Hardhead. <laughs> That's exactly what he says. Only it, it doesn't even rhyme. rhyme. It's weird. <laughs> That's finally when he broke. Yeah. The... He's like, we're really going to talk about, we're going to understate Hardhead's life that much. <laughs> uh, and that's it. He's just had it. And and Hardhead's even like, this is definitely a trap. And Optimus, who says this all the time, he's like, it's not a trap if you know you're walking into it. But guess what? It definitely is even more of a trap than Optimus. <laughs> Optimus, I don't know if I really get what you're going for here, my friend, but all right. Um and uh, so, yeah, he's there. He's very sure that, nope, this is exactly what they should be doing. Even though, yes, we know that um, Bludgeon and Geaxis have just been luring them here. Good old Blood Geaxis. <laughs> uh, that's probably their celebrity couple name. And uh, uh, my name for their gestalt. <laughs> which I think in that, if it's a gestalt between two people, I think maybe it's something else. <laughs> if two people combine. They're just duo bots then. Sure, you're going a much more innocent route than I am. Um, oh, so sure. anyway, uh, well, I mean that implies that like the Constructicons are constantly having an orgy. That... Well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it would be like a, a nickname for it. Sure. Like you guys would combine. Like let's go over there and make a Gestalt, <laughs> right? All right, fair enough. I'm just trying to be funny. It is lost on Greg. Hopefully, the rest of you think it's amusing. What a pervert! Um, <laughs> that's what I do. Um. So, yeah, and this is where he's kind of talking about how this place used to be hardhead saying there used to be a ton of people here. Um, and here's some good news for the rest of us who don't get to be Cybertronians. Jaxus started turning people into littler versions of Cybertronians. And I'm like, I would like to sign up for that, please. Yeah, I'm in. Let's make that happen. I'm down, Jaxus. Um He's he's turning what were sort of like humans into Cybertronians. Yeah, I'm in. Sign me up for that. Absolutely. If I recall correctly, because I believe all this happened in Sideswipe's spotlight, I think they almost looked like elves. Like they were like right, green skinned and anime looking. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't read it in a very long time. But yes, very close to humans. Um Good old Gorlamians. You know. And uh so the hardhead, obviously, because he used to have a studio apartment here, he is now leading them <laughs> underground. And uh, Pax is talking about um, how the this dead world's entrance to the dead universe is here. It's underground. Right. Uh, and so yeah. that's kind of where they're going because, again, they know they're being lured by Jaxus and Bludgeon, who used to be in the dead universe with Nova Prime, with Cyclonus, with Galvatron. Uh, and so Optimus is, is just sort of monologuing on how ominous everything is. Uh, Hardhead's like, so you know what they called the, they started calling this place when JX is turned into cyborg organic? And Optimus <laughs> is like, no, and I don't care. <laughs> it's so rude. It's so off. blunt. He's like, yeah, uh, I don't give a shit about what they called this place. Uh, I'm here to save to lives. That is a question for poets and philosophers, Hardhead. <laughs> I don't have time to answer it right now. All right. All right. 
Uh, and I love that Garnack is just like, uh, hey, there's, these rocks are weird. Yeah, something's going on with these. Um, uh, and he's saying it's similar to what they were seeing on Arduria and on L117. So that's not great news. Yeah, that means it's probably some of them ores we've been hearing yep. so much about. Uh, and they sort of stumble into what is a giant city. Yeah, they're like, what? Look at this. And they're saying, and... Uh, you know, they're saying it's Cybertronian, but it's ancient Cybertronian. And I love the hardhead's like, yeah, I always thought that was weird, too. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I just figured Jax built it because he was homesick. Uh, and he's saying, no, well, this is this is pre-Geaxis. I mean, it's it's older than that. The age of the Titans. Uh, ominous. Something to think about, everybody. Yeah. Quite ominous. And he says some, he has some old friends who lived in places like this. Uh, uh, and Wheelie even mentions uh, the Titan known as Metroplex. So yes. if you don't see what they're hinting at here, maybe keep <laughs> You know, pay attention here. Uh, and he's saying that he, he planned on bringing Gorlam, or that Geaxis, while he was time-skipping and all this stuff, planned on bringing Gorlam from the past to the future. Right. Uh, because the this future vision, this, like, paradise future utopian vision that um, Geaxis had, or this, you know, this unifying vision that he had took place on Gorlam Prime. Uh, this, you know, this, oh, this is what the future is going to be apparently was located on Gorlam Prime. So Geaxis being the kind of super intelligent nutcase that he is, is like, we can use the ore and screw up time to jump it into the future so we can already have that, which I don't think that's how it works, Geaxis. Eh. <laughs> He'll figure Clearly, it out. we're not the scientists here. <laughs> I'll leave it up to him. Uh, um, but then Wheelie starts disintegrating. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to touch this thing. And he touches one of the buildings and his hand, yeah, just starts... Dissolving. Uh, dissolving away. Uh, and and Hardhead has to shoot off his hand before it can spread to the rest of him. Yes, so now he's just missing an arm. But at least, yeah, he didn't... And I love that he's just like, I'm used to this kind of stuff. <laughs> he's fine. Wheelie's okay. It happens. Uh, but then Wasbinator shows up. Yes, he's being chased yeah. by bots who we know can combine with each other, not in a sexy way. Oh. Maybe that's their own business. Um, sure. But it's Monstructor. Yeah. Um, and he's being chased, and he's calling for help. He gets and stabbed pretty hard with a... Uh, we get a really good crag and a crump uh, on, yes. on, a on these pages Before here. a thum right. stops everybody in their tracks, because here is Orion Pax, and he's he's posed like an action hero. He sure is. That's a movie <laughs> poster right there. It very much is. And so, of course, he kind of calls him off, and Waspinator hides behind Hardhead. Uh, and then Monstructor Monstructs. He does. He combines, and they, they're like, okay, this is how we're doing it. They immediately start firing at him, and Waspinator is just hiding behind them. He's like, thanks, bro. <laughs> uh, he does. Uh, Monstructor steps on the R-27. Yeah, he just takes that out real quickly, just with smooches good, their uh, ship. With a good thoof sound effect. <laughs> I like that one. Cruck crunch. Cruck and the crunch. <laughs> Lots real, of sound some effects. Real consonants on that one. <laughs> yeah, Hoot Kachum is one of them. It's uh, pretty good. Yeah, loving that. Uh, <laughs> and so, Hardhead's like, see, this is what I was talking about, not walking in the trap. And Optimus is like, no, call me Orion Pax. And then he <laughs> does his cat thing and jumps over him. Yeah, he's leaping off of everything he can. I'm amazed he didn't leap off of Hardhead to exactly. Hoot Kachum, that guy, Monstructor. <laughs> Uh, punches Monstructor right in the chest. 
and waspinator's kind of you know hinting at like like oh, he's man. here to do something scary like yeah. bad things are about to happen i do love that wheelie is trying to shoot a slingshot holding it in one <laughs> arm and like pulling back with his teeth in the other so he's yeah. just mumbling and we can't see what kind of dumb rhyme he's trying to say <laughs> but you know it's a dumb rhyme oh yeah <laughs> of course it is and uh orion is saying like he is fine we have a plan it's fine and what and Waspinator is saying, no, there's there's something underneath us. Yeah, and saying, this is what they're after. That. They're trying to get to whatever's underneath us. We know that they're talking about the city. Uh, and, and Waspinator, I love this line. Says, "Oh, it's in city mode," and you're like, <laughs> oh, "Okay, there you go." Yeah, we got a heckin' metro titan down there. Yeah, we do. Those dudes are huge. They are, which we'll come back to in a moment here. Um, so. And Waspinator kind of says, you know, oh, thank goodness Optimus Prime is here because yeah, he the is... The true Matrix bearer. Yes, he can raise a Titan. He just says, and of course, Pax is like, yes, of course. And he raises the Titan. And then he realizes that he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> you just called me the true Matrix bearer. And yep, too late, Pax. Yeah. So uh, the Titan wakes up. It is not nearly as big as the other ones are. Yeah, so I don't deal? know. He's really tiny compared to all the other Titans. I feel like that's just the artist's choice here. I feel like he should be much bigger. Like a Titan should be able to pick up a Gestalt in one hand. I feel like we could write a children's book called The Littlest Metro Titan. <laughs> and it's this one. His little his name is Gorley. And he's still huge. He's still like, massive. They're like, a Titan, a Metro Titan so small he couldn't even pick up a gestalt <laughs> <laughs> that's adorable i love it but let's he do it ends up saving the day by being small enough to sneak into a planet that they would just crush if they stepped on it <laughs> yes i love it i love it we're coming up with all sorts of really great ideas we're in this, this episode it, we're gonna have so many books by the end <laughs> of this show um and so uh, they say, uh, Master, it's arisen. It's like Metro, or not, they're talking yeah. about Metro Titan. Monstructor's like, hey, all right, we did it. Good job. And then Geoxys and Bludgeon show up and they're like, oh, cool. Thank you for waking up that Titan for us. Yeah, thanks. We just needed you to, you know, set the alarm, get him up, and, uh, you know, make sure he gets out of bed for us. And get him dressed, have him, get him some breakfast. We'll, yeah. We'll take him to school. Yeah, we got him. And it's funny because, of course, they show up in their ship. Monstructor just climbs astride the ship. He just kind of gets <laughs> on it like a horse. It's like kind a pony. of gross. <laughs> I love that that to you is gross. Um, I, for, I don't know. He looks like he's, it, it looks phallic. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, Greg, you're a beautiful mind. Um, uh, so Monstructor jumps on the ship sure. and uh Waspinator is like, up, oh, see, I was working with this whole time, chumps, dummies. Waspinator, you little sneak. <laughs> what a what a little jackrabbit. <laughs> uh, and G Axis is even talking about Or Two, uh, the one that provided an opening to the dead universe. Death is Or Two. Yes. So and that's what Wait, mean. where does he say that? Uh, right above Monstructor straddling. Okay, yes, thank you. Because that is an important part of this. The fact that when Wheelie touched the the city, part of the right. city he started disintegrating is because the city is imbued, is that the word I want? Yeah. With the death ore. Right, the essence of ore too. Yes. Um. So that is essentially what this Titan is carrying with him. Uh, and now since he's woken up, it's essentially infected the entire planet. And like the entire planet is now 
falling apart. It's plagued by this death. Uh, and so Optimus is watching Waspinator fly off. He's watching Monstructor fly off. And that's where you can really see how tiny this Metro Titan <laughs> is. Because Waspinator should not be that big. Waspinator should be able to go up his nose. Exactly. They should, like, literally, you'll see this later. They should be able to have a ship in that guy's, like, eye. Yeah. Um, because he's that big. Well, he should be that big. I also look at Pax's butt in this panel. Has an elegantly sculpted butt. He's very yes. He looks very model esque here. Like he is. He's got the uh, the you know uh, stereotypical sexist boobs and butt pose going on. He he does he does. I, he I be... like that we're starting to sexualize Ryan Pax here. <laughs> Some equal opportunity sexualization. Yeah, just just some, yeah, some... Show off that row booty. <laughs> and I appreciate it. He looks good. He's been working out, Fat Packs. He might uh, not be prime, but, you know, he's he's keeping up his routines. I do really, really love this panel on the next page of, of Garnack being like, we're about, you got a Danuvian Jera rabbit to pull out of your servo helmet? And Hart is like, what? what? And he's like, I don't know. You guys say stuff like that. And thank you for recognizing. These guys say stuff like that sometimes. Garnack. They absolutely do. So Garnack's like, I don't know. I'm just going to start making stuff up because that's what they do, clearly. <laughs> It, it, it sounds together. like something Rick Sanchez says that everybody just takes for granted or yes. something like something Morty says in response to something Rick says. And Rick is like, that's not even a thing, Morty. Shut up. Right. Like, Morty, don't don't do you that. You can't just don't combine even. words like that. And make it a thing. <laughs> that's exactly what this is. Uh, and so naturally Pax is like, well, good thing all of this happened because it's exactly what I was expecting. Shut up. No, you <laughs> Right. So, of course, you're like, well, clearly this was the trap that they all walked into. And Optimus right. or Pax is like, <laughs> no, try reversing <laughs> it. They walked into my trap. And Hardhead's like, you are full of it. How could you have possibly known that this is what they were going to do? And Pax is like, listen, I didn't know there was a Titan. I didn't know about all that. But um, now we know where they are. And he does point out, he's like, now we know where they're going. We know who it is. We know what they have. We know how they're doing it. And and then, of course, they're like, yeah, but we're on a planet that's literally just falling apart around us. We're about to die. It is made of death. Yes. That uh, is and literally... also, we have no way to get out of here because they stepped on our ship. Yes. Our ship was crunched. And, and what are we going to do? Pax just says, you stupid idiots. You think that I would only take along one ship on our trip? And he's uh, like, ah, oh, hell no, because check was, this out. I was hiding an extra ship under a ghost shield this whole time, because that's something sensible people do. Absolutely. He just he just pulled his Jerry Rabbit out of a servo helmet, <laughs> and it was his ship called the Jerry Rabbit. Specifically a Danuvian Jerry Rabbit. That was it. Yes, yes. It's uh, of the Danuvian variety. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, so it does seem crazy, but you're like, I guess Pax did have his own ship at the beginning of this. So yeah. here it is. Uh, I And so he's like, all right, let's follow him and go home. And I love on this last page, <laughs> Optimus and Hardhead look super intimidating. But for some reason, Garnet and Wheelie <laughs> have their mouths open like they were young. Yeah, I don't, I really don't understand why they have their mouths open. It's like it's when a goofy. cat just leaves its mouth open, you're like, that's <laughs> creeping me out. Close like, your mouth. Why are you doing this? <laughs> Both of them just are right. Like they're in the middle of talking or like you said, yawning. Wheelie looks like he's got like 
Like when you kind of stick out your upper teeth and you suck in your <laughs> lower jaw. <laughs> he looks oh, real man. goofy. He's like gross. he's trying to make himself have buck teeth. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, but that's it, right? Yeah. And he's like, all right, we're going home. So next is King Starscream. So we have that to look forward to. Lord Starscream of the Cybertron. First of his name. Uh, yeah. But that'll do it for these three issues. These um, wacky bots and their crazy adventures. So kooky. We it had is. some fun. We had some laughs. We had some shockwaves. We had some RCs. We even got some Paxes. We did all of that. And we made it through. We made it through the night. Um, I'm proud of you all. <laughs> so, and next time will be the last three issues before Dark Cybertron happens, which is yeah. the big crossover event. It's going to be a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I hope everybody is jazzed. And then we may take a, a little bit of a break because I will be traveling cross country. Yes. Uh, so, right. We'll probably go quiet for at least a couple weeks. Um, also, because I have to actually get my hands on Dark Cybertron. It's not in the Humble Bundle. But yes, it is. Is it? Yes. Dark oh. Cybertron is in it. Oh. I so, guess I Dark Cybertron. I yes, don't worry. It's there. Um, here's the thing about Dark Cybertron, if anybody's still confused about it. Issue 1 and issue 12 are their own thing. All the other issues of Dark Cybertron are still Robots in Disguise and More Than Meets the Eye. They were just subtitled Dark Cybertron numbers. Well, there you go. So uh, it's all in as there. as everybody has seen on our lovely uh, story order thing made by Nell, our reading order guide, yeah. uh, Windblade miniseries is not in the bundle. Correct. So if you get a chance, I will say this for the Windblade miniseries, and I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but she, the story after Dark Cybertron splits into three parts. And so we'll go back to uh, More Than Meets the Eye and Robots in Disguise after Dark Cybertron. And then the Windblade miniseries is, it runs alongside of Robots in Disguise. And it's only four issues. I think everybody, if you enjoyed these comics, you will enjoy the Windblade miniseries. Um, It's also gorgeous. I would like to do an episode on it. Absolutely. I think it would be really good to do it. So if you can't get your hands on it, we'll still talk about it. If you do get your hands on it and want to read it, then yeah, we're, we'll we'll discuss it. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but that'll be quite, quite a few weeks from now. Um, so, but yeah, probably into absolutely actually into the new year. So, but for now we got next week and then we'll be taking a break. Yeah. We're going to let the Transformonauts take over the show for a while. Yeah. They'll be running it. So, <laughs> We'll, we'll so see expect how that some, works. yeah, we're gonna let them take the reins, see if they can do it. Uh, I'm excited for the first issue of Constructosaurs vs. Transformonauts. Mm, yes, that one's gonna be wild. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything. I've read ahead; things are looking pretty dire for the Constructicons. Uh oh, just saying. Mm. Uh, so I think that's gonna do it, Russ. Yep, I think we got everything. Um. Yeah. If again, as always, if anything isn't clear, feel free to tweet at me, tweet at the show, tweet at Greg. He will defer back to me, and or I'll yeah. just make something up, or he'll just lie to you. So I'll say, you know, look, I'm not supposed to spoil anything. <laughs> Turns out, Cybertron never existed. Ooh, there's a doozy. Got him. That's a try and figure that one out, huh? So that's that's the kind of response you can expect if you're going to be asking Greg some questions, which <laughs> might be exactly what you're looking for. You should probably ask him some questions. I'm always right about everything. So. Yes, yes. Something but to yeah. Think about. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh that'll do it for us. I'll see you guys next week. Uh Transformonauts, uh watch out for those constructosaurs. <laughs> <laughs>
Transformonauts, uh, watch out for each other. Transformonauts, be kind to your brother. He looks up to you. We might have already done that one. I feel like I, that's... That does sound familiar. That does sound familiar. But uh, yeah, uh, Transformonauts, uh, fight hard. And I hope you don't die. Transformonauts, eat a balanced breakfast every morning. Get all the nutrients you need to grow up big and strong. Yeah. Transformonauts, uh, be a Flintstone kid. <laughs>